BG Mania, a video game music podcast for January 15th, 2020, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by, I don't know, I don't even know anymore, man, just joined as always by Frank. I think I'm going to be done calling you random things, I can't think of something new every week. Joined by Frank. Hi, 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 <laughs> hi. What was that for? I said hi eight times. For what? Octopath? <laughs> if this is your first time stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods in BGM land, welcome. BG Mania is a cornucopia of extra special music that we hold dear, both from the days of our childhood through modern consoles and new releases. That's right, we focus on retro to current games, with everything included in between. What we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Frank, I have been so ecstatic to do this episode since we announced it last week on the show, at the end of the show, and I, I put together I, I, this playlist. I, 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 thought, I was thinking about this. It's a shame we didn't do this back when the game came out. No, I know. And like I said, like but I said, it came, at the it end came of out last at a busy time. It did, but it also came out when I wasn't willing to move stuff around on the schedule as much. Like I said, I said that at the end of last week's episode before when I put together the schedule for BG Mania, I used to set it in stone like this is the episode I want to do it for a very specific reason. So that's when we're doing it now. I, I, you know, I, I pre-plan out like a month or two in advance, but I'm willing to move things around if a game comes out that just has a stellar soundtrack and we need to highlight it right away. Or, you know, if something relevant happens, then we usually do that here on the show. So it just it, it's unfortunate that I was set in that mindset back then, because this is an episode we probably should have done when the game initially came out uh, a year and a half ago on in July of 2018. 
So we're obviously talking Octopath Traveler this week here on BG Mania. And I sat down and put together the track list for this episode early on in the week. And, you know, I, I did pick just the most kind of popular songs that everyone kind of gravitates towards on YouTube and Spotify and all those ones that have the, you know, the most plays because this entire soundtrack is available to be streamed entirely on Spotify as well. But I am so impressed with just the complexity and diversity that this soundtrack actually has. Now, I will say in preparation for this episode, I did play through the entirety of Octopath Traveler over the past seven days. And if you listen to Max Level, you would have heard me talk about that a little bit for our game challenge update that we do every single week. Octopath Traveler released, as I said, on July 13th, 2018 for Nintendo Switch. It would later come to PC on June 7th, 2019, so about a year later. Developed by Acquire in the Bravely Default team within Square Enix, the game received a ton of praise and won several awards, including Nintendo Game of the Year at the 2018 Golden Joystick Awards, Excellent in Art at the 2019 South by Southwest Gaming Awards, and the big one, the Best Game Music Award at the 2019 Famitsu Awards. The entire soundtrack was composed by Yasunori Nishiki, and it's absolutely mind-boggling to think that this was his first soundtrack in gaming. The man is just, he's so well-versed and he's so experienced while not being experienced at the same time. That's, that's weird, man, because this soundtrack is so strong that you would think this would have been like a grizzled veteran. Yeah, no, and we've talked about this. We've played three tracks from Octopath Traveler yeah. in the past here on BG Mania, and this is something that I've talked about previously when when discussing Octopath Traveler. It's, it's incredible that, you know, his name being Yasunori Nishiki, I, I draw a lot of similarities and comparisons to Yasunori Mitsuda who, you know, at, at the young age of, I think, 18 or 20 or something like that for Yasunori Mitsuda, composed the soundtrack with Nobu Yamatsu to Chrono Trigger, one of the greatest JRPGs and greatest soundtracks of all time. Yasunori Nishiki, it's funny because their first name is both Yasunori, something with that name, I think, in terms of being a composer for video games, was able to do kind of the same thing with Octopath Traveler and putting out an incredible composition that I will think go down in history as one of the better JRPG soundtracks of all time. When, I mean, this, this stacks up next to the best of the best in terms of the golden age from the Super Nintendo and PS1 to the modern age now with like the Switch and the PS4. This is one of the better JRPG soundtracks ever to be composed. On top of that, fun game. I mean, not you, you, we say it all the time. I'm not really a JRPG guy, but I was drawn to this one for the fact that it was a modern game made to look like an older game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's fantastic. It's it's amazing pixel art, and it's you know it's that throwback JRPG style. Like it really makes you feel like you're back on the SNES time period. I felt like I was playing Final Fantasy again, which is great because I like Final Fantasies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially for. <laughs> so the opening track that we heard was the main theme from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. And while putting together the playlist, I found a fun interview that I think is worth mentioning here. On the show. Sorry, I had a uh, kind of like stumble through my word there for a second, but yeah. it's an inter it's an interview with Nintendo prior to the release of the game. And it goes like this. It says, quote, for our inaugural entry in this deep dive. This is Yasunori Nishiki talking for our inaugural entry in this deep dive into the music of Octopath Traveler. I'd like to talk about the main theme. The main theme is the face of the game, as it were. But I can tell you that this didn't come out easily. Thinking back, all I can really remember is how much I struggled with this. That's how much pressure I felt having to compose the main theme of this game. At the point I wrote this, I had already finished about half the songs from the game. We recorded the whole soundtrack in two sessions, and I composed this theme just before the first session. I remember spending about a month composing something, tossing it out, and so on over and over again. It took me about two weeks to compose my first version of the theme, which, after agonizing for quite some time, I decided to submit as my initial draft. Unfortunately, it wasn't very well received. 
I remember thinking to myself, yikes, I really messed this one up, didn't I? And so I was given five days to submit a second draft, which I did. But again, the response was less than less than enthusiastic. To be honest, at this point, I was in complete disarray. It was like I was lost in the woods with no clue of how I could emerge with a completed piece. I mentioned this in my Famitsu interview as well, but I honestly considered resigning from the project, even though I'd already composed half the soundtrack. So I asked for a one day extension. I had a feeling that I'd just get even more lost if I tried to start over from scratch. So I presented the idea of trying to combine the first and second versions into a third draft. I structured it so that the melody repeated, helping it to stick in your head as much as possible. And the theme you hear today finally came together. The main theme that I arrived at after this long road starts off in the key of C, with a melody taken from the first draft of the piece. The original version had more of an extended intro, but I decided to cut it and have players hear the main melody right from the start. The string melody that follows is from the second draft. It has a hint of melancholy while also being full of hope. I'm quite pleased with it, and I'm glad I was able to preserve it in the final version. After this comes a trumpet melody that's also used in the victory fanfare. The lead into the victory fanfare is from the original draft, while the part that loops after is from the second draft. After this, the melody from the first draft returns, this time in the key of D flat. This is the intentional repetition I mentioned above. Transposing it up a semitone, we bring back the melody with an even more spirit with even more spirit and energy. We then repeat the melody once more with an added fill to make a further impression, then bring the piece home with the ending. I was asked to make a lavish but not too long ending that would be suitable for trailers and the like, and this is how it turned out. And that's the main theme. While it was a struggle all the way, when I listen to it playing now at the character select screen, I feel it really evokes the feeling of these eight travelers in their journey. I guess it's a good thing I didn't quit the project after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like how, I mean, and, and we can obviously listening to that main theme, we can totally hear the way that he's talking about it being structured and knowing that there's two drafts. If you go back and listen to it now, you can kind of hear the parts that come from one draft and the parts that come from the second draft combining into this final third draft with some added stuff that he added in between. It's really cool. I like how he did that. And it just goes to show that, man, like I said, this guy is very experienced while not having that much experience at the same time. He just gets it. He knows what he's doing. He's on a good octopath. Yeah, he's on a good octopath. <laughs> All right, man, let's take a listen to our second piece of music from Octopath Traveler. The name of this one is Cyrus the Scholar. was Cyrus the Scholar from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. I 
absolutely love that, Frank. You know, we talk about it a lot when we hear uh, a waltz on PG Mania, but I love a good waltz. And that is just freaking beautiful. That was a good one. You know what it evoked for me? Uh, another famous waltz, um, Song of Storms. Is that the one? Okay, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah from, from Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 1000%. It totally actually, now that you mentioned that, really does sound kind of similar to that. Yeah. Uh, Cyrus probably is my favorite character of the eight. Uh, he's the one when I played through the game again this past week and prep for the episode, I chose to play as Cyrus. Initially, I played through as Haunted, but I never actually finished the game as her. Uh, but I also didn't realize at the time when I picked a character that I'd never be able to take them out of my party until the story was completed. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I went with the one that I liked the most. And what I like about Cyrus is that one of his skills you can eventually unlock as you uh, pump some job points into his, his stuff is that he has a skill where the random battles are lessened on the map. Because I think that Octopath Traveler just has too many random battles. So when you put that on there, it actually makes it a bit more manageable. Um, but you actually mentioned something kind of fun to me while listening to that track that I already knew, but you didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't, but uh, it's so cool now that I see it. The names of the eight characters mnemonically spell out the word Octopath. Ulbrich, Cyrus, Tressa, Ophelia, Primrose, Alfin, Therian, and Hunnet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I kind of realized uh, kind of right away, actually, because they're all right there on the main screen when you when you pick the game. And I just noticed that the first letter of their character all spelled out Octopath. But it's really cool how they did that. I wonder if that's the same on like a Japanese version, if they have the same names. Mm, I don't know. Or if they or if they spell out whatever the name of the game is in Japanese. I think I think the name of the game in, in Japanese is Octopath Traveler. I really do. Oh, okay. Um, but okay. but I but I don't know. It's probably the same. But I but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm gonna say the characters have the same names too, just simply because uh, this was like set kind of like in a Germany kind of area. Yeah, sort of, sort of. Yeah, I mean, it, looking at the map, it doesn't resemble any country like that we have on Earth. But it does kind of look like it. It like if you look to the right, there looks like something that's kind of shaped like a boot, which might you know, could be inspired by Italy. So just to the left of that would be Germany. So it, it definitely kind of evokes that feel a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. Well, some of the architecture, too, and just some of the names. But there's but there's so many different varied locales in the game. Like, as oh, you, get, that's, yeah, as yeah, you get further and further into the game, like, you know, Germany doesn't have like a sprawling desert that I know of. <laughs> uh, that's their desert, Shizen. How dare you? <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> But yeah, Cyrus was a phenomenal character. Just I liked everything about him. I liked some of his like mannerisms, some of the things that he said, like, you know, there is no shame in not knowing an answer so long as you have a desire to learn. Like, I just like some of the things that he evoked from the game and his story is one of my favorites. And I think that's what's incredible about Octopath a lot for me or to me is that all eight of these characters have these fully fleshed out stories that are 100 percent different from one another. But at the end of the day, they kind of all go together, especially if you choose to do the post-game dungeon and see really how some of these things are interconnected. Like, I just like that all of these characters have their own individual stories that take place over four different chapters, and they all are fully fleshed out and really well done. I've only beaten half this game? Oh, gosh. I need to I go don't back. Know how, I don't know how much you've done in this game. I really don't. Two chapters? Oh, then, yeah, you've only finished half of the game. Son of a gun. But but have <laughs> you done have you done the second chapter for every character? Yes. Then, yeah, you're you're at the halfway point. Yep. So there's okay. a third and fourth chapter for all the characters and the fourth chapter is the end. And then after that, you can kind of do some side stuff that will eventually unlock the the post game dungeon, which is uh, really challenging. <laughs> I'll have to get back into that because this, this is a, this really is a fun game. Like for someone yeah, it like is. Who's, I'm not a big JRPG guy, but I generally enjoyed this one. And the music, I think, was one of the major driving points 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the music is a is a huge point of why I enjoy this one so much as well. A, a track we've played already on previous episode. I've actually mentioned to you during the trip. I was like, uh, we, we did a winter episode. And yeah, the like, Frostlands we played. Yeah. I was, I, was like, I was like, Brian, can we play this yet? Because I want to play the song. And you're like, yes, friend. <laughs> we, got, we got this one. Yeah, yeah. We've played the Frostlands before. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's move to our third pick on the episode today. From Octopath Traveler, this is The Riverlands. That was The Riverlands from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. How beautiful is that piece of music right there? I am a sucker for the Japanese flute, which I looked up because I wanted to find the proper name to show some respect. Uh, the Shakuhachi. I love it almost every time I hear this thing. Um, go back to Kill Bill and all those other kind of things. What's nice is that we, we get to hear it a lot in Japanese games. We really do. We do. Uh, it's, it's one of the staples of... Japanese music, at least traditional Japanese music in general. So sure, because uh, because of the Japanese flute and because of some of the other wind instruments that's used throughout the piece, it really gives it an ethereal feel to the, to the actual piece of music. Like it, it, it's so. I say it a lot, but it it feels kind of spiritual to me. It really does. I think that's the point of the of the instrument itself. Like uh, every time we hear I that, think so. it, I think so. Because you get that. I want to say you get that ancient feeling, but that ancient feeling also is like a spiritual kind of. Connecting with connecting with nature kind of feel. And that's it's great. I love it. Uh, he said, I love this so much. I look at the name because I wanted to show it respect. Yeah. What I like what Yasunori Nishiki did with this actual track as well is that he was able to evoke melodies heard in other Nintendo games as well. Like the track feels very similar to some of the things that we hear in the Xenoblade Chronicles series. 
Like if you go back and think about the episodes we've done on Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and some of the tracks you've played from the first Xenoblade, it, it kind of sounds similar to some of the slower music that Yasunori Mitsuda did for that game. Is that a Square Enix game? Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is Nintendo. Nintendo but, okay. but Octopath Traveler initially was a Nintendo Switch exclusive. So we didn't know if, at the time it was going to be coming to PC. How dare you? you, stay, you stay, <laughs> Nintendo's your home. You will stay there. Nah, I don't. I don't mind that it got branched out to PC because no, this game exactly, deserves you know, this game deserves to be played by exactly as many people as possible. And putting it on PC is the next best thing. Obviously, you know it's still a console exclusive to Nintendo, but opening it up to PC allows anyone to play this game, and I and I think that's the way it should be. Plus, now you can mod, you can mod me into the game. You know, no one wants to put Frank in the game. Frank Topath. No, would it be Foctopath? <laughs> Right. To put Frank in the game. It's the audio podcast. What's wrong with that? Foctopath. I'm not saying anything bad. Uh, you were implying that. How? I Because the character spelled out Octopath, I, I was trying to figure out how Frank would fit in that. Octopathed. That's stupid. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next piece of music from Octopath Traveler. The name of this one is Battle Number One. was battle number one from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. I love the battle music from Octopath Traveler. And what's crazy about that, Frank, despite how amazing battle number one is from Octopath Traveler, that's probably the weakest of the battle themes, as we'll see later on in the episode. Yeah, there were a lot of great battle themes in this one. I remember one particularly taking place in a castle. I just wouldn't even. Know, I remember it was called Castle Battle Theme. The way they name these kind of things, but uh, no, no, it's it's not. It's, I, I I know which one you're talking about, and it's not called Castle Battle Theme. <laughs> oh, so, so, this is not the Metroid episode where it's like Brinstar left corner. No, no, <laughs> no, and it doesn't have some of the same naming techniques that. Uh, that uh, that was used in like Dragon Quest, where you know it talks about you know like literally there was a track called Castle Theme in, in Dragon Quest. It's not like that, no. Okay. There there is some names that we'll see later on that uh, that are, are much more uh, fitting to the name of the track. 
But yeah, man, the, the battle music in Octopath Traveler is incredible. And, you know, the standalone battles, like the ones that are random, which this is, this plays uh, in the initial stages of the game. I think in chapters one and two, this is the battle music that you hear anytime a random encounter occurs. But the there's like a battle two and there's a battle three that take place later on. And then there's unique battle themes for the bosses. And all of them are incredible. Like I said, it's pretty crazy that despite how amazing this track is, it's probably the weakest of all of them. It's a good thing, you know, it's start start off weeks so awesome, just builds it awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just, you know, playing through the game again over the past week really reminded me of how amazing some of the battle music actually is. And, you know, we love battle music here at BG Mania and Octopath Traveler has such strong tracks for for battles. It's really cool. But also what I realized playing the game again over the last week is how strong the voice acting is. I had forgotten how amazing some of the voice acting actually is in Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I do remember that. In fact, I was going to mention this this show because I do listen to this show back when I listen in the car gets me to want gets me to want to play these games again. Listening to last week's episode, I I actually popped in, uh, Zero Vision into my uh, did you Game Boy? Yeah, so uh, nice. I, this is probably going to get me to go back to play Octopath again. You should, man. You should try to finish this one for part of the game challenge for twenty twenty I'm, because... I'm halfway through. I might as well. All right. Yeah, you're halfway through, and it, it is a game that I think deserves to be finished because the payoff for all of these individual stories, most of them are really good. Like, it's nice seeing the conclusion. It's nice seeing the characters, what they choose to do after the fact. Like, there, there is a payoff for finishing this game. There really is. Therion's quest is not over just yet. Therion's quest is not over just yet. <laughs> All right, man, let's take a listen to another track from Octopath Traveler, as every track today is going to be from Octopath Traveler, because we're taking a deep dive into the soundtrack, as we should have done like a year and a half ago. So again, from Octopath Traveler, this is Dark Caverns. That was Dark Caverns from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. 
What I really think stands out most about that track is how it's gloomy. It actually is. It's extremely gloomy and melancholic, but there's a slight glimmer of hope that exists throughout the composition. Like you kind of hear that as the as the instrumentation moves on and as the as the track goes and goes. But it's it's beautifully composed, man. I really, really like this one a lot. I definitely hear that, too, that the, the, the little bit of the uh, the piano part where it's like, yeah, like- it gives it a little bit of hope. But because like the uh, the violin and some of the other instruments that are in there in the background, violin voice is a sad instrument. It, it can be. It absolutely is. Yeah, but it paints this gloomy, melancholic feel, and you know that just exists throughout the air. But that piano gives you just a little bit of hope, and it's such a a good mixture. And what Yasunori Nishiki was able to do with this track, I, I mean, I like I said, I have to give a standing ovation each time that I listen to these tracks because. It's it's so well done. It really is. And uh, just to quote the theme from the classic TV show, so weird in the darkness is the light. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is you. That's from sometimes. Paris sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is the afterlife because you're dead. Oh, I'm never going to die. <laughs> so Dark Caverns takes place in a lot of the dungeons leading up to the final fights. And what I think this actual, the way this was composed, it does a great job of kind of making these tense moments before the final battles in these dungeons a little bit easier. Because, again, it's it's gloomy, it's melancholic, it's meant to, you know, kind of bring the tone down as opposed to making it more tense right before the, you know, the fight that's to come. So I think this actually served its purpose quite well. That's a good one. You pass Yasunori. <laughs> he, passed, he passed after the main theme. Are you kidding me? Track one, we were done. I was like, this is going to be one of the best episodes we've ever done. <laughs> and I still stand by that. I really think this episode will go down as one of our better episodes of BG Mania. I really, really do. Frank, we're going to move on to a phenomenal piece of music from Octopath Traveler now. The name of this one is Atlas Dam, Seat of Learning. was Atlas Dam Seat of Learning from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. Frank, I told you that's so 
freaking phenomenal. It's probably one of my favorite tracks on the entirety of Octopath Traveler. Was that Cyrus's Town? It was. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's Cyrus's Town. And uh, I, I literally just, because I started out as Cyrus this time, I played through it. I would just walk around that town and literally just stand there and listen to that track for minutes at a time because I love, absolutely love that. When that trumpet starts blaring at the beginning, that it sounds so majestic and regal. Like, I wish I could play the trumpet that well because I would cover this track. It's it's so freaking good. That you know, That's a good resolution for 2020. Brian's going to learn the trumpet. Learn how to play the trumpet. I don't want to learn. I know how to play the trombone. I don't want to. I don't need to know how to play the trumpet. And it wouldn't sound nearly as good on the uh, on the trombone because it's a much more bassier instrument. But yeah, I think Atlas Dam kind of ranking the cities in Octopath Traveler. It's probably my favorite city. Be, in part because it's Cyrus's hometown and in part because of this music. But I really like the way that Atlas Dam was laid out. I think that, you know, just the the royalty it, it, that this city was inspired by, it definitely kind of, you know, there's like castles and some of those types of architectures throughout it. it it's a great looking city. It, it reminds me a lot of like the medieval times and some of the older time periods. Speaking of medieval times, I would kill for a tricky like right about now. <laughs> I would like to go to medieval times again. I haven't been since we... Uh, since I went to the one before a BlizzCon uh, in, in Anaheim, I went to the one in L.A. It's the last time I went to a Medieval Times. Okay. Uh, I will cheer on the, the Black Knight. I usually do, too. Yeah, because he's cool like me. <laughs> but man, it just doesn't get much better than the sound. Like Atlas Dam Seed of Learning, I really do think it's one of the best tracks from Octopath Traveler. Like this, this is just phenomenal. It really no, is. I like that because even though the track isn't playing, I'm still hearing the trumpet in my head. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to get that out of my head anytime soon. Like I said, that it just it's so catchy and it just sticks. And Yasunori Nishiki knew exactly what he was doing with that. He really, really, really did. Hey, everyone. Brian here from Level Down Games, BG Mania and the Max Level Podcast. Allow me to take a few moments here as I have the honor of announcing something super cool right here on this episode of BG Mania, which you'll be able to read about in more detail over on leveldowngames.com this afternoon. You may or may not have heard. But on Saturday, January 25th, there's going to be a concert in Chicago, Illinois, celebrating the music of Nier Automata with composer Kaichi Okabe in attendance and appearing on stage, as well as vocalist Emmy Evans performing during the show. Yoko Taro is also going to be there, as will Arnie Roth, who is conducting the World Festival Symphony Orchestra. Jessica and I will be in attendance covering the concert for an upcoming episode of Max Level and BG Mania, but that isn't the cool part. We've been working with the production company handling the event as well as Square Enix, and I'm very excited to announce that we're giving away a pair of tickets to this event on January 25th at the Rosemont Theater again in Chicago, Illinois. If you live in or around the city or are willing to travel if you do win the pair of tickets, all you need to do to enter the contest is be sure you're following Level Down Games on Twitter at OriginalLDG, subscribe to Level Down Games on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames, and then send us an email to contest at leveldowngames.com with your favorite track from Nier Automata with a sentence or two on why you picked it. We have not yet been informed on when the contest will end, but as soon as it does, we'll contact the winner with more information. This contest starts today, and again, all you have to do to enter is be following Level Down Games on Twitter at OriginalLDG, subscribe to Level Down Games on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames, and then send us an email to contest at leveldowngames.com with your favorite piece of music from Nier Automata and why. We're going by the honor system that you are following us and subscribe to our channel. No need to submit proof. 
I'm stoked to be attending this concert with Jessica and covering it for Level Down Games. And hopefully we can give back to our community through this giveaway for a pair of tickets to the concert. If you have any questions, reach out to me on social media or through Discord, and I'll gladly answer them. Best of luck to anyone that enters. It should be a fantastic time with some excellent music. All right, man, we're going to move on now to a, another piece of battle music, but this time it's from a boss encounter. And I don't know if you know this, and we'll talk about it when we come back, but there's secret jobs that you can unlock in the game. And we'll talk about those a little bit here, as I said, when we come back. But let's take a listen from Octopath Traveler to They Who Govern Reason. They Who Govern Reason from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. Played by Lindsay Sterling. <laughs> no, it was not. But before we talk about those secret jobs I mentioned before we listen to that track, I do want to talk about that violin, man. It's It starts out so angry. Like, it just sounds so good. And then it just persists throughout the song, and it just gets more beautiful as it goes on. It's so strong. It's so good. Oh, my God, it's so good. It reminds me a lot of myself. Ow. I started off so angry. just got more and more beautiful throughout the entire day of my life. No, you did not. <laughs> Going bald and gaining weight. <laughs> right? I'm becoming more distinguished and more defined. How dare you? <laughs> distinguished and defined. <laughs> okay, Mr. I have Clean. feelings. Okay, Mr. Clean. I got a full head of hair. You do now. 
Well, no, you don't have a full head of hair. There's a ring in the back that has no hair. <laughs> Friar Duck. Brian, I'm going to leave this podcast and never come back. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's such a good track, man. And this is the track that plays in the battle themes where you are unlocking the secret jobs. So I said there's four secret jobs in Octopath Traveler. Uh, there's the Starseer job, which you unlock from the Shrine of the Starseer in the Western Whispermill Flats. There's Rune Lord from the Shrine of the Rune Blade in the West Everhold Pass. There's Sorcerer from the Shrine of the Archmagus in the East uh, East Dusk Barrow Trail. And Warmaster from the Shrine of the Warbringer in the North River Ford Traverse. There's These- also Temple Guard from the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Nope. <laughs> These jobs are kind of essential, especially for the post-game dungeon, because a lot of these boss encounters, especially later in the game, are extremely difficult encounters. So for for the post-game dungeon, which includes eight back-to-back fights that you can't save or heal in between, you definitely need some of the stronger jobs in the game to even stand a chance. Plus, your party has to be like level 70, 80 plus even to, you know, do somewhat well in there. But I really think Runeblade and Sorcerer are its essential jobs. I really do. You know, one of the things I really loved about this game was the battle system about uh, the whole break system. Oh, yeah. The break system's so good, is it not? It is. Like, it's I have to liken it to Pokemon because it's the experience that I have the most. But uh, but a super effective attack done to an opponent will actually break them so they can't attack you next turn through. So they kind of get yeah, pushed back they're stunned, the so to speak. They're stunned, so to speak, and they have like stars swirling around their head. And uh, it your attacks when they are broken do more damage. Yeah, it's it was great. It actually made me do uh, strategery. Yeah, and plus there was the uh, the the battle system. You know the the mechanic where you could boost your attacks you know you slowly built it up over time in battle and you could click the r button and it would allow you to boost your attacks two three four or i think up to four times and then it just made your attacks even stronger but you had to build up to that point to be able to do so yeah i love doing that with uh, the huntress yeah her her uh her abilities with her uh lind i think was that it yeah lind was the name of her her pet but his boosted attacks man very very strong i call him lightning kitty <laughs> All right, man, let's move on to our next piece of music on the episode today. Again, from Octopath Traveler. I love this one right here. Probably my favorite character theme. The name of this one is Primrose the Dancer.
And that was Primrose the Dancer from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. Like I said, it's probably my favorite character theme from all of the eight individual characters from Octopath Traveler, because I think it reflects her character perfectly. I really do. Yeah, she's a prostitute who uh, seduces men. and She's not a prostitute, though. She's just a dancer. She doesn't sleep with them. Same thing. She, no, no, it's no, not. They're, 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 they're all prostitutes. Nah, she's just a dancer. Does not sleep with them or anything, because there is a brothel later in the game that you actually visit as part of her storyline, where she meets up with someone to try, as she's tracking down the people that killed her father, you know, she, she meets up with someone in a brothel, and, and she comments on how that she, you know, does not do that kind of stuff. She's just a dancer. But what I like about her particular character theme is that it's extremely powerful. But if you close your eyes and listen to it, you can kind of get those hints of revenge sewn into the melodies. And you learn a lot about her demeanor as a character from this particular track. You know, she's going out there. She witnessed her father get killed at a young age from these three crows or, you know, they had crow tattoos on their bodies. So they're called the three crows in the game. And her entire purpose in life is to avenge her father. So this track, while it is somewhat upbeat and, you know, there are elements of happiness there because she is a dancer. She has to put on this fake face and this fake smile while trying to figure out who actually murdered her father. It just this track says a lot about her character. And I think that's why it's probably my favorite in terms of the character themes. She's like a stripper, Nico Montoya. Sort of. Yeah, sort and of. Lap, and, and the lap dance is always so much better when the stripper is crying. I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's a Bloodhound King song. My bad. I know. I don't think that's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a cool character. And her initial like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, recruitment story. Yeah, it's sad. It is. It is very sad. Yeah, it's super sad. And I think her, like I said, her storyline is one of the strongest of the eight characters. Uh, it was one of the ones I saved for last. Like there were three storylines that I just really, really, really were drawn to hers, Cyrus's and uh, Ophelia's. And those three I saved for last. So that way I could kind of finish out with the characters that I cared about the most. Well, you know, you knew she was going to be an important character when she was one of the ones who was actually focused on in the demo. Like, yeah. Before the game came out, it was her and Oberic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those were the two that were actually in the demo. And I think it was smarter than to put her in the demo because, you know, the, the, the dancer class is so different in terms of like JRPGs. It's it's there a lot, but it's it's one that isn't one that people gravitate towards all the time. So to have the dancer class be front and center in the demo and front and center in the game, I think it was a smart move on Square Enix's part to do that for this game. I really do. All right, man, let's move on to our next track from Octopath Traveler. The name of this one is A Settlement in the Red Bluffs.
And that was a settlement in the Red Bluffs from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. That's the main theme for the city of Boulderfall. And how freaking catchy is that freaking song, Frank? <laughs> like it's, so, shot, fella. it's so Irish. It's so good, man. It's like a... I, I don't want to say it's like a traditional Irish jig, but it definitely has some elements of an Irish jig in there. That's that's Celtic all the way through. Not even a question. It's absolutely which which is so funny because this city, Boulderfall, is the furthest thing away from like a Celtic city. It's literally like in the mountains in like the, it's very like Wild West looking almost. And it's so funny that they actually had this Irish type of flavor going on in the track theme. <laughs> I like it a lot. It really gets me going every time it starts, man. I really just I start bobbing along. It's it's so catchy. It really is. As soon as it kicked in, I'm like, oh my god, this feels like a Guinness commercial. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you go to Boulderfall a lot, thankfully, because again, you know, the music is, is so catchy. And I think that's part of the reason why it is, because Boulderfall is a city that you're going to visit multiple times throughout each character's story. Like, it, it seems like it's it's not a central location, but it's definitely a location that's very important. A lot of things happen there. Yeah. Um, damn, bro. I forgot everything I wanted to say. and It wasn't important. Uh, yeah, it never usually is. I think, usually, I think it was like, no, it's I, usually I think a was stupid like, your mama joke or some stupid fact no. nobody cares about or. First of all, Brian, uh, go to hell. Uh, secondly, um, <laughs> may the cat eat you and may the devil eat the cat. That's an Irish. What is that, insult. an Irish phrase? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any damn sense. No, it's, it's pretty much telling you to go to hell and go straight to hell. So may the cat eat you and may the devil eat the cat. So it's pretty much guaranteeing that you're going straight to hell. <laughs> I, I looked up, apparently, Irish cursing is more so like putting a curse on someone versus actually like dropping the F-bomb. Actually like actually like a swear word. Yeah. So like uh, here's another popular one. May you be afflicted with itching without the benefit of scratching. Like that's their their curse, which is pretty messed up because I'm itching and you scratching. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess. I, I, like, I don't I know. Like the, I did like the violin work here. I mean, it just it was. Yeah. It was yeah. It, it's it's it's. Yasunori Ishiki did a lot with the violin on this entire soundtrack. I guess in this situation, in this situation, I, probably, I guess we'd call it the fiddle in this situation, just the way it was being played. Probably, yeah. But I mean, it's an instrument that Yasunori Ishiki went back to a lot during his compositions for Octopath Traveler. And I think this track in particular just goes to show how diverse the soundtrack really is. There's so many different styles. And I think that's just because the fact that you have, you know, so many main characters that you have to diversify. Oh, absolutely. But but all the locations are totally are totally different from one another as well. Like you said, it, it sort of resembles like the country of Germany in terms of map layout. But the locales are so vast and varied that they, they each have their own individual stylings. It's really cool. Like, we're going to hear that again in a second because, you know, let's just kick to it. Let's just kick to it from Octopath Traveler. This is the Sunlands.
And that was The Sunlands from Octopath Traveler, again composed, as everything is on the episode today, by Yasunori Nishiki. This is the outlying area around where Primrose makes her home, and I think the song borrows a lot of the same instrumentation from Primrose the Dancer that we heard two tracks ago. But what I really like about this one, and the reason that I just kicked to it so quickly after listening to A Settlement in the Red Bluffs, which is very Irish, is because this track is very Arabian. And it's just, it, again, Yasunori Nishiki had so many different styles going into the soundtrack for Octopath Traveler. It's incredible, and it works so perfect for a desert theme. Yeah, you definitely get the desert feel of this one. This is this is like the traditional like Arabic, like Aladdin-ish, Shashar, yeah. Shaharazad kind of thing you would hear. Absolutely. it's it's an It has an incredible melody baked into this track as well. It's so strong, man. There's All of these tracks are so strong. They're really listening to the soundtrack. There's a couple that maybe didn't stand out nearly as much as some of the others did, but it's so good. Every single track. And there's like 90 tracks on the soundtrack. I was a fan of probably 85 of those tracks. Like it was so hard to figure out what songs to play on this episode today. And that's why we just went with the ones that were most popular, the ones that people were gravitating toward most on on YouTube and Spotify, because clearly those are the more popular tracks. There's a there's a reason for that. But my God, there's just so much good music found in the soundtrack. Like it's worth it to listen to from start to finish. It really is. Well, like you said before, I don't know where the hell this land is where you can walk from the mountains to the desert that quickly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, snow capped uh, mountains. There's, you know, seaside ports, which we're going to hear in a second. Uh, you know, there's freaking uh, the desert. There's, oh man, grasslands. There's so many different locales in this particular game. It's it's so cool. So yeah, let's just, let's just immediately keep this train rolling with all these different locales that we're visiting. Let's take a listen to another one from Octopath Traveler. The name of this one is Grandport Center of Commerce. That was Grandport Center of Commerce from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. This is a bustling like seaside town. 
And it, it's all the way to the far right of the map. It's on like this little island. And it's the area where the market fair is held. And this is part of Tressa's storyline. You go there as part of the market fair and it's really cool. All these merchants are there. You got these picturesque seaside views. Uh, definitely one of my favorite cities in the game to visit. I think Tressa shined as a character in this particular location. And again, it just shows like it's it's so different from anything else we've heard. Like this is something that I can easily hear in any like you know, seaside type of a city. You know what I mean? Absolutely. In fact, I think it was a cool uh, addition, the, the merchant class. Oh, yeah. 1000%. Very cool. Like something I would never even think to put into a game. Yeah. And I, I actually liked the way that, you know, she was able to interact with pretty much any character that you could talk to and you could, you know, ask them what they were selling and you could buy things directly from characters all across any town or any location that you visited. If they had the little bubbles above their head, and you talk to them and you had the ability to more or less trade with them, I guess is the best way to put it. But you could get some you could get some pretty good items from random ass characters. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, there's a we're seeing items that you didn't even know that were actually for sale. Yeah. Uh, weapons and accessories and uh, pieces of armor that you couldn't normally buy from actual shops you could get from other people. It was really a really cool system. And I think, you know, this. Tress is a, a very integral character in that part. Obviously, all eight characters are worth it. I don't know that anyone actually played through this game and, and didn't recruit all eight characters because you can do that. You can actually it's a very unique take on the JRPG. You can recruit as many or as little of the eight characters as you want. You have to start as you one. Don't have to? You don't have to. No. Oh, wow. No. When you actually the first time you go to the city and you meet the character, it gives you the option. Do you want to bring Tressa with you on your journey? Yes or no. You don't have to recruit these characters. I, I guess I always said yes. Okay. Yeah, you always I mean, most people always say yes, but you can actually play through this game with just one character. It's going to be much more difficult, but it is possible. Yeah, that's a, be a good idea. It would take forever. And, and I mean, traveler, you would have to you would have to actually level up so much because, you know, the, the game really does rely on the multiple characters, especially for some of the boss fights, because these, these things hit so hard. You would definitely have to make sure your character is is beyond level before you even left your opening area. Like you'd have to spend 30, 40 hours grinding your opening area to get like to level 40 before you even continued on with the game. It wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun at all. What I like to do is keep on gaining experience until I reach max level. <laughs> Shout out to our other podcast, Max Level. <laughs> all right, man, let's take a listen to another battle theme. I think it's time to listen to another right. battle theme from Octopath Traveler. This is battle number two.
that was Battle Number 2 from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. Again, we're seeing excellent violin work, but I already can tell you that this battle track is way more catchy than the Battle Number 1 track that we heard earlier. Maybe not so much the They Who Govern Reason that we heard, you know, the one that plays in the secret battles when you get the jobs. Uh, maybe not as catchy as that one, but still, it's a great freaking battle theme. And this music starts playing in a majority of your random encounters once you progress to around chapter three in game. It had a bit of a Mike Hessen's punch out uh, feel to it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can hear that. Da, 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 da. That type of thing you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, na, 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 na. it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, I, I can honestly tell you this might be one of my favorite modern battle themes from a JRPG. I really like how strong this track is. It's so well done. Uh, I, I, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I really liked it. Like The whole time I'm like, I'm humming it like, this sounds familiar. I know I'm not this far into the game, though. No, no, you're not. You're, you're close. Well, you're actually right there, supposedly. You just stopped stopped somewhat shy of being able to potentially hear this track in the game. But yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm not, I don't know if I completely finished Chapter 2 or if I, I've done like the Chapter 2 for almost everybody. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, you like I said, you really should get back to this and and maybe finish it as part of the uh, the game challenge for 2020 for max level. Uh, it would be fun for you to actually go back and do that. It'd be fun for me to finish a game. Yeah. In general. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for a new all-purpose gaming-related podcast to listen to, look no further than the Max Level Podcast. Every Monday morning, five friends have a breakfast powwow about the hottest topics in gaming that week while discussing the games they've been spending time with over the past seven days. Featuring Brian, Frank, Sean, Kyle, and Dan from LevelDownGames.com, there's never a down moment when it comes to pertinent information or laugh-out-loud moments. They'll break down upcoming games, hidden gems, and encourage listener participation through guessing games and questions. Find the Max Level Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume your daily podcasts. All right, man, unfortunately, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the show. We have four tracks left, and we're going to do something fun here for our next two tracks after we listen to one more for, for tracks 14 and 15. But before we get to that, from Octopath Traveler, let's take a listen to How Amusing. Thank you. 
And that was How Amusing from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. First of all, before we even talk about the, the different stylings of that track, can we mention that slurred opening bass riff? It's uh, so good, Frank. I love it so much. It's so freaking good. <laughs> this track elicits a lot of different feelings to me. And I think the one that sticks out most, it does sound very piratey. I got like traditional, like uh, fiddler on the roof, kind of traditional Jewish out of it. But yeah, also, like like I, traditional. But I, but I think that's because there's, it sounds like what's the accordion in the background. Yeah, I, there's, there's some overlap with the instruments there, though. So yeah, obviously. Well, yeah, true. Pirates and um, I guess I, I, I guess they, I guess they do really do use a lot of the same instruments. Those two different styles. Yeah. Uh, if you think to like fiddler on the roof and some of the, you know, the, the music that we hear in traditional pirate music, it is kind of similar. You're right, but. This track often plays in scenes involving the character you started out as, Therion. Uh, any any time that he's being like sneaky, going around and doing things, or you know he's one of the more comedic characters in the game as well. So anytime he's using humor, uh, this track generally is in the background because he is the master of the sneaky sneak. Yeah, and I think um, uh, besides the accordion, I think there was even an oboe in the background. Like, I'm just trying to think of like some of the other instruments that we heard in that track. It's an incredible sounding piece of music, and I think it does get the job done with with what it set out to do in the character that it involves mostly Therion, because Therion's a thief, but, you know, what is a pirate but a thief? So it, do, it does work out pretty well. Thieves on boats. Thieves on boats, exactly. <laughs> I think Great piece of music, though. I think that should be the name of one of my, subtitle from my autobiography, Thieves on Boats. Thieves on Boats. <laughs> the, the Frank story. <laughs> All right, Frank, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to do something fun here for the next two tracks. So okay. I, I had the pleasure of playing through the optional post-game dungeon for the first time this past week in prep for this episode. Because again, like I said, I sat down, I put over 50 hours into this game over the past week in preparation for this episode of BG Media. So the next two pieces of music that we're going to play come from that post-game dungeon. These are going to absolutely blow you away if you've never heard them before. And I'm telling you right now, these are unlike anything else on the entire soundtrack. Yasuno Nishiki went all out for these two tracks. First of all, let's take a listen from Octopath Traveler. The name of this one, The One They Call The Witch.
And that was The One They Call the Witch from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. This is the first phase of the ultimate boss in the game at the end of the post-game dungeon. So the way this works is that you're required to split your party into two teams of four. So you better really have all characters leveled up beyond level 70 at this point if you want to even stand a chance. Uh, these, these fights are, without question, the two hardest fights in Octopath Traveler for good reason. It's literally the end of the game. Like, there's nothing after this anymore. So once you finish phase one and phase two, that's literally it. Uh, the first team is tasked with this fight, and my freaking god, Frank, is this track godly. Like, it is so well done. It has opera singing. It has epic instrumentation. This piece literally has it all, man. It's so good. No, this is great. This is freaking... This is, this is the absolute definition of epic. Yeah, like I said, in, there's nothing else besides the next track we're going to hear that sound even remotely similar to what Yasunori Nishiki did with these two tracks for the final boss of the game. And it's, I like it. It's so fitting because it is the finale. Like, it should be very epic. It should be something that is built up toward. But if you listen to the rest of the soundtrack prior to getting to these two tracks, nothing comes even close to the way these sound. And I love that. Again, man, the, the guy is so so varied in his stylings. It's pieces of music like this that make this composition by Yasunori Nishiki and just Nishiki in general as a, as a composer, I think be able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the likes of Nobu Yamatsu, Yasunori Mitsuda, Yuzo Koshiro, some of the absolute icons in the industry. I think Yasunori Nishiki, after, you know, one game, is kind of making a namesake for himself. I'd love to see this guy's career move forward, and I, I can't wait to see what it looks like in 10 or 20 years after he has other games under his belt. I'm so looking forward to what he does next. You have to assume that he's going to be uh, doing the music for two, right? You'd have to assume he's going to be doing the music for the sequel, but I don't know if he's not doing the music for uh, Bravely Default 2. Uh, that's being done by the Bravely Default composer, which he was not. I say we bring him in. Let, let him feature. No, nah, I, I mean, I'd be cool if he does, but I'm just curious to know what he's moving on to next. Like, he's so good, and I, I mean, I think that I don't know if he's internally at Square Enix or if, he, if they just brought him in to do this, but you would have to think that people recognize what a gift he is to the actual industry in terms of being able to compose music. I, I'm hoping that he does something amazing next. I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. But we'll go ahead and move now to the second track from that finale, the ultimate boss fight in Octopath Traveler. The name of this one is Daughter of the Dark God.
And that was Daughter of the Dark God from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. So like I said, this is the second phase of the final fight, featuring the members of your second team that you put together. So how I played Octopath Traveler this past week is I focused on four main characters. I focused on Cyrus, Ophelia, uh, who else did I? I had uh, Cyrus, Ophelia, Therion, and Primrose. Those were my main four. Those are the ones that were like level 80 something by the time that I got to this point in the game. Then I had uh, I had Alberic, I had Tressa, I had Alfin, and I had Hanit in like their 50s. So the way that I split up the final groupings for this final fight, and it worked out well for me, is I put two from my main party in with two from my secondary party. So I think I had, what did I have? I had Cyrus, I had Ophelia, I had Hanit, and I had Tressa, I think, as one party. And then I had Alberic, Primrose, Alfin, and Therion as my second party. That's exactly how I did it, thinking about it, because that gave me a, a healer class for for both parties. That gave me, you know, just everything that I needed. I was able to cover my buffs. I was able to cover everything that I actually had. Plus the job skills I had unlocked and the jobs that I was using, they just went well together. So doing that, I was able to, and now these fight, this fight did last a while, but I was able to get through it uh, generally without too much stress. So it was kind of nice. But this particular track carries over a lot of the opera stylings from the piece that we just heard right before it, the one they call The Witch. So we have that built in. But I think in terms of all of the battle music that's found in Octopath Traveler, including all the boss encounters, this is probably my favorite one in the game. Like, this is so freaking good. And about a minute and 50 seconds in, when that violin just gets really epic and just starts going, oh, dude, this track just lifts off from there, man. It's it's so good. It's so good. Now, this probably was the strongest thing we heard all the... Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's why I wanted to, uh, you know, that's why I wanted to save the uh, the two pieces of battle music from the post-game dungeon until right near the end. Because, like I said, it's, it's unlike anything we've heard throughout the entire episode of BG Mania. And it's unlike anything you'll hear on the Octopath Traveler soundtrack. They're just so well done. It's, it's incredible. It really, really is. Yasunori Nishiki, again, I can't say it enough, did such a phenomenal job with the soundtrack. Well, we're going to close out the episode today with another character theme. We played three character themes. We played Cyrus and Primro uh, Primrose earlier. We're going to close out with Therion the Thief, the character that Frank played as. And I like closing out with this particular track because I think this piece of music encapsulates the entire journey that Octopath Traveler is from start to finish. And it also fits his character uh, perfectly as well. It's tragic, but it's beautiful at the same time. And for someone that lives the life of a thief who's trying to find their place in the world, trying to do the right thing after all these years of stealing, I think this tragic yet beautiful piece of music couldn't be any better. It's so well done, Frank. It really is. It's the story of my life, man. Tragic yet beautiful? No, no way. We talked about this no, earlier. No, still stealing. You're, you're, tra you're tragic yet ugly. I am a sight for... Sore eyes. Yes, because I'm so beautiful that I, I raise your spirits. I get it. Thank you, Brian. No, because if you have regular eyes look at you, they will become sore eyes. So only people with sore eyes can look at you because what, what more damage can be done? Uh, they can be blinded by your hideousness. <laughs> I'm, your I'm, not, I'm not hideous. You are. <laughs> So yeah, we'll close out with Therion the Thief from Octopath Traveler, because like I said, I do think that this one encapsulates the entire journey that it is from uh, from start to finish. I feel this one steals the show. Steals the show as Therion stole all of the uh, items from everyone else in the game. <laughs> How I roll. But I do think that's going to bring us to the close of the episode this week, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. Yeah, don't call your friends ugly because it hurts their feelings, and don't be a jerk like Brian. No, uh, <laughs> thank you guys. I... I, I 
I enjoy having you along for the ride, even if it has to be alongside Brian. Yeah, what better person? I can think of thousands. <laughs> oh, was, there, was, there, was there 7 billion people on Earth? All right. <laughs> Well, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by LevelDownGames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to BGMania at LevelDownGames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful to get dropping over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash LevelDownGames. Subscribe to us there, and if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash LevelDownGames and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. In that description box, you will find a link to our Discord server. Click it. Join it. Interact with us. We are always talking about anything and everything in Discord. We post our daily news stories in there. We post our editorials. We post the new podcast. We, we talk about everything. Frank's not in there often, but myself, Dan, Frank, or not Frank. I just said you're not in there often. Myself, Dan, Sean, and Kyle are regularly interacting with everybody at Discord. So, and we try to get Frank in there as, as often as possible. But I, I am in as often as work allows me. But honestly, though, uh, something I want to say before we got out of here. I apologize. Okay. Check out LoveItOutGames.com. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thanks. Now. It, 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 you have to check that out. And also, keep the music playing. I'm, sorry, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to steal that from you again. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Definitely go check out uh, LoveItOutGames.com. We are doing some amazing things over there. We have weekly editorials going up every Tuesday. Myself and Kyle taking turns writing those. We have daily news stories going up. Reviews are still going up. And every Friday, we're doing a rumor review where we take the biggest rumors that we heard over the past week and then put those into one little article. We're doing a lot of fun things over there. So, And plus, you can listen to the podcast there as well. Really fun. Uh, next week on the show, next week, right here on BG Mania. We're going to be doing a part two episode from something we did previously because, Frank, I don't know about you. It doesn't feel much like winter to me. It's barely snowed this year. It hasn't been cold that often. And I'm kind of disappointed in that. I'm kind of. No, 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 no. I'm really sad because I love the snow. I like snowy levels. I like icy levels. That's part two next week. Snow and ice levels for right here on BGM. No. <laughs> We're going to bring the winter back. Because it's not here right now. It's 65 degrees outside today. We have a high wind warning. It's supposed to thunderstorm. Where's the snow? Where's Thank the you, ice? Right here next week on BG Mania, the snow and the ice return for Snow and Ice Levels Part 2. So Frank and I will come prepared with eight tracks each, all from snowy and icy levels found in video games. Should be a lot of fun. Taking us out of this episode, once again, we have Therion the Thief from Octopath Traveler, again composed by Yasunori Nishiki. Keep the music playing. And keep it loud.